as 100% human entity, I make mistakes. I'm flawed. There are parts of myself I'm in the process of developing, parts of myself I need to develop, and parts of myself I haven't even begun to think about developing. We all have parts of ourselves that are less than fully developed, less than what we desire, but that's just it. It's a part of ourselves, parts of ourselves, not all of ourselves, not the definition of ourselves, not our complete selves, just parts, small parts of ourselves that we are in the process of developing or parts of ourselves that we can choose to develop. Because guess what? Imperfections are part of our human charm. It's part of the experience. We all have imperfections and flaws. If we can't accept that reality, then how in the name of all that is pure, holy, and good in this world can we even begin to fathom empowering, creating, and encouraging success in our lives? Welcome to the Empower, Create, and Encourage podcast. You're here with me, Alessandra Guerra. (laughs) Hi, welcome. Let's start with a quick success pose. Yay! Today's episode is how to empower, create, and encourage success in your life. While there are many ways to do this, my focus is going to be internal because I believe everything is created from the inside out. Whatever we empower, create, and encourage internally, we empower, create, and encourage externally. Step one, accept who you are. And I would go a step further, embrace who you are. Embrace it. What makes you you? What makes you special? I believe we all have gifts. We all have special skills that either we were born with or we've worked on developing that if we follow it, if we listen to it, if we honor it, then we will be happier. We will find success. But what do we need to do in order to get all of that? Get to know ourselves. Who are we? What makes us who we are? And something that was challenging for me is Accepting the part that we're flawed. Flaws are part of who we are, and we're all flawed in different ways. And that's okay. Every human being under this blue sky, and even the astronauts outside the hemisphere of this blue sky, are literally flawed. Every human being on this beautiful earth is flawed. But why was that so hard for me to accept? Why? Why? Am I the only one that finds this challenging? What is the fear that exists with accepting this truth that I am flawed? Well, let's delve into it a little bit. First, being aligned, having integrity, is being able to accept and recognize flaws. So that's a belief that I have. Let's. I want to be aligned with my beliefs. And so if I want to have integrity, then I have to accept the fact that I have flaws. And there's flaws that I have that I can easily recognize. I get angry, like really badly angry. If you don't know, it means angry when you're hungry. And I get angry when I'm tired. Tangry? I don't know. But I get that. And I'm okay admitting that openly. I'm just like, yes, not a big deal. But there's other flaws I have that I'm kind of like, er, that I don't want to admit that I have them. And recently I realized I'm critical. I'm like, what? And I've heard this before. And I was like, no, I'm not. Because my mind is a systems mind where I can just see how systems go. And that's what I've done for work. I've seen what's happening in the system. And if there's a flaw in the system, then you fix the system or you build a system. 
I create the system or I enhance the system, I make it better. And so when you're living everyday life, as I've been living everyday life, I'm like, oh, that's not working. We should change this and fix that. And hello, my family's like, stop doing that. (laughs) I'm like, I can't. That's how my brain works. And then, you know, it turns into a don't do this. I'm just trying to help you. Stop. You know how how it goes. That's not doing it justice. This is very mild. (laughs) But that's how it feels. Anyways, so that's a flaw that I wasn't readily ready to accept. And literally two days ago, it just dawned on me. I like turned to my mom and I was like, oh my gosh, like I am critical. And she's like, yes. (laughs) And I'm like, geez, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll work on that. So being aligned, having integrity means accepting the things that we don't want to accept. And I feel like for me, what held me back is maybe not so much pride, but maybe more fear because there's things that can hold us back. It's pride, denial, or fear. And I think I was probably in denial and and fearing. I was just like, nope. But what's the fear there? It's I won't be what? I haven't had a lot of time to think about this. So let me just think about this on the air real quick. Um, I think the fear was, I don't know. I like, I like stability. I like things to feel like they're working. Consistent things make me feel safe. They make me feel very secure. And so with identifying what's not working, I'm like, let me fix it. Let me fix it. Let me fix it. And if I don't fix it, I guess I, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like I need to fix it. That's something that I can work on. We'll delve into that a little bit further. When we're not on the air, I'll have a better thought out strategy for you guys. But I want to talk about what my mom said to me. And she said this to me years ago. And it just like, I started working on this years ago, but then two days ago, I was like, oh, wow, like I am, I do have this one flaw that I had. I have a lot, but I mean that in particular, I hadn't ever realized that I had. So mom said this to me years ago. She said, Um, how did she phrase this? This was in Spanish, but she actually invited me to accept and embrace my flaws. I remember I found it interesting because she said the word embrace. It was in Spanish, so I can't remember the actual word she used, but a translation of it was embrace. I was like, she just asked me to embrace who I am and like embrace my flaws. Why? Well, I feel like the more that we fight with ourselves, the more that I fought with myself, about like, no, I don't have this. I'm not this way. We're just, I'm denying who I am. And when I deny who I am in any way, then I won't be able to have success because I'm not having integrity and I'm not being open to opportunities for growth and opportunities for success. So again, I say, whether it's pride, denial, or fear, they don't serve us. They don't serve anyone. They don't allow opportunities for growth and they don't allow opportunities to move forward. And for me, I feel like people are either, this is probably a theory somewhere too, but people are either fear-based people, they're either guilty-based people, love-based people. There might be other ones. But for me, I'm a guilt-based person and I've had to work really hard on not being a guilt-based person because I feel guilty really quickly. Like if I don't do something, I'm like, oh no, I probably should go do that. And I go and do things. And sometimes my guilt drives me to do things that I don't want to do that actually don't serve me because that kind of mindset isn't aligned with being happy, which is a belief that I have. I believe we were created to be happy. I believe God created us 
to be happy. He's invested in our happiness and our success because he loves us. And so I have to do a lot of work and I've been doing a lot of work to get rid of this guilt-based mindset so that I can have a love-based mindset so I can act out of love instead of fear. And so I remember in grade, I think it was grade three, maybe grade two, I was, so I'm Peruvian and I, Peru, they speak Spanish. And so I'd just gotten to Canada. I was six years old and the language was so hard. It was so hard to learn. And I remember I was so tired of like, so we went to ESL, but I remember I was also so tired of tests. Like every time that I got tested, I just always failed because everything was in English. And I was like, I can't, I have no idea what these words mean. I have no idea what anything means. I have no idea what anyone's saying. It just felt very lonely and like very frustrating. And I remember that I was so tired of coming home with the fail on the tests. You know, give it to your parents. Like they have to sign this. So embarrassing. It's like, okay. And I would just hand my parents test after test and I was failing and I was failing And I was in all my classes and I was failing literally all of my classes. And we also went to ESL classes and I was like failing there too. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, like I am not getting anything. And so one day I was in a test and there was like just a bunch of rows of little kids. And I remember we were receiving this big test and this was a bigger test. I remember this was like an important test. And so I was so stressed. The week that I knew this test was coming, I was so stressed. I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to take this test. I'm just going to fail again. I can't bear the look of my teacher's face when I fail. I can't bear the look of my parents' face when I fail. Like I don't like how I feel inside when I'm failing. And so they were giving out this test. And I was, as I was sitting there, I was so afraid of failing again that I had this thought. I was like, I don't know the answer to this. And I was like, but these words are similar to words that I have in my notebook. And so I just was like, I think the answer's in my notebook. And so right outside our classroom was our locker. And so I was just like, just immediately, like I didn't even think twice. I just raised my hand and the teacher was like, yes. And I was like, well, she was sitting she was like, yes. And I was like, can I please go to the bathroom? She's like, yes. And I went to the bathroom, but I didn't go to the bathroom. I went to my locker and I opened my backpack And I saw the notes and I like saw the wording and they were somewhat different. And I just remembered, sometimes I get photographic memory. It's really great. So I just remembered what it looked like. And then I went back to the test and I wrote out the answer. And I just did that a couple of times. I would just raise my hand and I'd be like, can I please go to the bathroom? And they're like, sure. And I'm just like, first of all, isn't it just like a little bit suspicious that a child has to go to the bathroom so many times during a test? Well, they knew I was a nervous test taker. And I had never, ever cheated in my life before. So I guess they were fine. But anyways, so I kept going into the hallway and I kept getting tidbits of information from my notebook. And I felt in my heart, like I kind of felt like it was like, ah, something just didn't feel right. But I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to bear the teacher's look on their faces. I didn't want to see my parents look on their faces. And I didn't want to feel the way I felt when I failed. And I was like, this If I get a good grade, if I just pass, then I know that I will feel a lot better. And so this kept going on, going to the bathroom, grabbing notes, blah, 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 sneaking. I think I even snuck some notes in, like I maybe ripped some out of my notebook. And 
then the test was over and I was just so nervous. I was so sweaty. I was like, oh my gosh, like I just hope I passed. I hope that I passed. I hope that I passed. And so a couple days go by. I think it's like one or two days that go by. And there was another teacher different from the one that had taken the test who had invested a lot of time working with me. Like she was very kind. I can't even remember her name, but she was so kind. And she was handing out the tests and I was so stressed. I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be, what if I fail again? What if I fail again? And so the way she handed it out was like, she would stand at the front of the class and she'd call your name and you'd have to walk up there to get it. And I just always felt like it was the walk of shame because I'd go up there. I'd see that I'd fail and I'd have to walk back with just like this horrible look on my face. And I was like, everybody knows. And I was trying to prepare my face. I was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. If we fail again, it's fine. I was like, but it's not fine. So I was just freaking out inside. So I walked up to her and then before she handed me the, the test, she kind of, how do you say this in English? Like she lowered herself a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's bad. It's so bad. But then she stretched out her hand and she smiled and she took my face with her hand. She just like moved my face to her side and she was like, you did so good. And I was like, what? She's like, you got a 93. And she was like still holding my face in her hands and she was so proud of me. She was so proud of me. She's like, you work so hard. I'm so proud of you. You got a 93. I'm going to call your parents. And I was like, oh my gosh, like stop. No. And so she handed this back to me and she was so proud of me. And I walked back to my desk and I remember walking back to my desk in a daze. I was just like, oh my gosh, like what is even happening? And I just sat down and I remember I felt like a failure. I felt like it was a scam, like it wasn't real. And I remember feeling like a fraud. I didn't know what that word meant back then, but I remember I felt not real. It felt like everything that I had done, like I thought it would make me feel better. It hadn't. It just made me feel worse. It made me feel empty inside. It made me feel cheap. It made me feel the opposite of what I had thought it would make me feel. And that's what fear does. I think fear a lot of times in my life has held me back from things that I've wanted. And I've acted in a way I didn't really want to act because I was afraid. And in the end, it just made me feel worse. And so I think when we accept who we are and when we embrace who we are, the good parts, the parts we don't like, the parts that aren't developed, the parts that are, we have so much more success. And so that's step one. Step one is accept who you are, embrace who you are. Fear compels us to do things that I believe we don't really want to do. We create ugly things when we act out of fear. But when we act out of love, beautiful things happen. So my invitation to you today is to ask yourself, am I acting out of fear Or am I acting out of love? Because when you act out of love, beautiful things happen. You create beautiful things. You empower beautiful things. And you encourage beautiful things. And the world gets a little bit more amazing and happier and more successful because of what you've chosen to create and from you choosing to act out of love. Are you with me so far? I hope you are. That was a bit of a tangent. Here is step two. Heal traces of scarcity in your mindset. So what is scarcity? Scarcity is that feeling of there's not enough. There's not enough. So 
what comes with scarcity, like what stems from this. First, the concept of failure is created and supported from a scarcity mindset. Jealousy is created and supported from a scarcity mindset. So is anger because we're just like, why does this person have what I don't have? If you believe in being abundant, which is the opposite of a scarcity mindset, you're like, there's more than enough in this world to go around for that person and for me. It's believing what's mine is going to be mine. What's theirs is going to be theirs. And I'm excited for them. And I'm excited for me because everybody, there's so much going on in this world, so many good things to share that everybody can have it. And the scarcity mindset is the opposite of that. It's there's not enough in this world. There's not enough money. There's not enough love. There's not enough joy. There's not enough that I have to be upset. I have to protect this little bit. This little bit is mine and I have to fight for it here. (laughs) This is the hill I die on. That's a scarcity mindset where there's not enough. And the scarcity mindset does not support success. It just can't. And a scarcity mindset is very failure-focused, very fear-focused. If we go back to look at the story that I shared earlier when I felt I was six in grade three or two, I think it was grade three, and I felt I had to cheat on that test because I was so scared of failing again, that fear of failure, that drove me to cheat on the test. And it made me at the end feel just not good inside, like a fraud, like everything was fake, like this wasn't my victory And I remember I felt, I never want to feel this way again, but I was being so focused on failure. So that's the scarcity mindset that there's not enough tests. There's going to be more tests (laughs) for me to take, for me to succeed in. And there's going to be more opportunities for growth. There's going to be so much praise for my teachers and so much praise for my parents. Like I don't have to fight. I don't have to betray my principles to get that. And with a scarcity mindset, that's sometimes what we do. We feel like we have to fight for every single inch that we get and sometimes even compromise ourselves to get that little bit of an inch, but it doesn't make us happy in the end. And so going back to another story when I was in ESL, and this is where you would go, they would ask you to come out of class and you would go and sit down in this room that had a lot of pictures and words on it. And when I had first started in the program, I remember I had no clue just not a clue what anybody was saying. And I had this teacher, can't remember her name. She was really kind and she would just show me flashcards and repeat the words. And I was like, I don't get it. It was every day of the same thing. And it wasn't all day. I think it was just like an hour a day or maybe a couple hours a day. And it was just like the worst time for me when they would call, they would come in and call you out of class. And I was just like, and it was again, it felt like this walk of like, why, why, why? And then I would go into the classroom and she'd show me these flashcards and she'd say words. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying. And she was very patient. And like for weeks, we just said words. And I was just young. And I was thinking in my six-year-old mind, I was like, lady, just give up. I don't know what you're saying. It sounds foreign to me. I don't understand it. I knew what the picture was, but I didn't know the word. I didn't know how to say it. I didn't know how to do it. And after weeks of this happening and me being so conscious of just give up, just give up. And this teacher just not wanting to give up. Bless her. She, I remember she just sent a card and just a little bit of a backstory. When she says the word, I had, I had to repeat it. And it was frustrating because I was like, I, I can't, I don't know how to 
say this, I can't pronounce this. And I just remember now we were trying words with the pictures, but not the actual words. And so I remember she showed me a card. We were doing colors. And the very first word I said in English, the very first color I learned was brown. And I remember she showed me this card and all of a sudden it was this something like I got it. And I, I remember I saw the card and I had just kind of like, just kind of looked away and given up. And she was like, let's just try another one. And she throws this card down and she's just like, it's on the table. And I just remember I look at it and it just something clicked just like, I don't know. It just clicked so beautifully. And she saw it in my eyes and she was excited and she smiled and I was like, brown. And she was like, yes, and from her facial expression, I could tell it was the right color. And I was so excited. And all those weeks of me failing paid off because she was not being scarcity minded. She was being abundant. She was saying, I'm putting in all this effort because I know this little girl is going to understand this one day. And every time that I mispronounced a word, every time that I didn't know what it was, it was a step closer to me getting my desired results. It was a step closer to me saying brown. And I just can't even express to you how amazing it felt to be able to recognize that that was brown and to be able to say brown and to be able to pronounce brown. And it was so fulfilling. And I remember later that week or maybe a couple weeks later, I don't really remember, but my mom and my dad were driving. We we're all driving in Toronto and they were arguing about something. And my dad's like, okay, you know what? Maybe we should just talk about this later and just like think about something else. And I remember as we were driving, because I'd been practicing these words now, there was a building that said, color your world. And that was the first center, first center, first letter that I read. And that was just like a tall building. I think it was a printing center. And I remember as soon as I said, color your world, and I said it like that because I was reading it, my dad just was like, oh my gosh, your baby's a genius. And so he thought I was just this philosophical, is that even a word? <laughs> philosophical? <laughs> this smart genius person who was like, yes, let's be colorful and not fight and blah, blah, blah. Where I was just reading words that I'd spent weeks learning at school. And so that story, I love that story because it just teaches me that even when I can't see my progress, even when I can't see my steps, they are steps. And every step is taking us to where it is that we want to be or where it is that we don't want to be. That's why every single step matters. That's why I love learning more about how I can step to success, how I can erase these thoughts of there's not enough, there's not enough. There is more than enough. There's an abundance of enough. Why? Because there is a God who created us and loves us and wants us to succeed. There's a God invested in our success. There's a God invested in our happiness. And if you don't believe in a God, then believe <laughs> that you are created for success. Believe that you are created to be happy. You're not here on a whim. This is not some, oh, let's just see how this turns out. This was like a carefully laid journey. 
and we are on this mortal experience to be able to learn and to move forward and to be happy. It goes against every fiber of my being to believe that we were created for less than our happiness. I believe we have so many tools in this beautiful day and age where we can learn how to be happy. Like I had no idea how to change. What's that thing called with the car? Lights, taillights, headlights, headlights, YouTube, boom, figured it out. I have to change my toilet seat. No idea how to you do it. I YouTubed it. I'm going to do that this week. We're in such a beautiful age where we can have all this stuff at our hands to help make us happier, to help make us be successful, more efficient, to help us get whatever it is that we want. And so step two is just release that mindset. Step two is to heal any traces of scarcity in your mindset. And my invitation to you is write down every single day 10 things that you're grateful for. And 10 things is honestly just like the bare minimum. If you look at an hour, there's so many things that you could be grateful for. And I want you to write 10 things, specifically 10 ways that you feel God's love. That's what I do. I write 10 10 ways that I'm feeling God's love, that abundance of God's love in my life. And if you don't believe in God, just be like that, that evidence of abundance, that evidence of love in your life, that evidence that you are being looked after, the evidence that you are making things happen. So an example of this is I recently moved to Tawasin and I hadn't gotten like a new cell phone yet. And so one afternoon, like in the span of like an hour and a half, I think, I went to this phone plan and I met this lady. Her name was Aman. She was like lovely lady. And she got selected a phone for me that had 256, I think, or 53 or something like that gigabytes of storage data. No, storage, storage. I think I'm saying that right. But the point is 250 something, like holy smokes, who needs that much storage? Then Harry was this amazing person who was like, you know what? I'll gift you these extra gigabytes. And he ended up giving me 20 gigabytes of data a month. Like that's ridiculous. This other guy who worked at the store, he's like, you know what? I can give, use my employee discount if you need to buy a screensaver or whatever. But then my sister was like, you know what? I'll buy you a screensaver. I know this guy. And the guy left it to her for $10, like this great screensaver. And then she was like, you know what? Like I have a case. Would you want a case? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, thanks. And then my sister was like, do you want a pop socket, rock socket? I don't even know that thing at the back. So in the span of literally an hour and a half, I had a brand new phone that I loved in the color yellow that I loved. And I had all these people that went out of their way that made me feel love. And this is evidence of God's love in my life. This is evidence of abundance in my life. This is evidence that we create the kind of happiness that we want. This is evidence that there's more than enough to go around. So this is the invitation. Every day, I want you to write down the evidence of God's love in your life. I want you to find 10 ways that there's God's love in your life and write down evidence of abundance in your life every night, every day, 10 ways. And you're going to see how you're going to heal those traces of your scarcity mindset. Which is what brings more success into your life. When you feel like there's already success, it just gets the ball rolling. So I'm so excited for you to share those results with me. Step three is believe in yourself. Yes, believe in yourself. Believe that you can do it. 
if you even go back to look at the stories that I've shared, like I could not speak English. And now I'm talking in English. This is a miracle. If the little girl had seen it now, she would not have believed it. And I recently finished writing a book. I'm in the editing phase. It's a first novel of a trilogy series fantasy novel and I'm so excited by it and had you told me that I would be able to do that before I wouldn't have believed it so everything that's happening to us is serving us if we allow it to so believe in yourself there's so many stories that I have like as coming from another country as an immigrant from being broke from being homeless from just being in dark places from just so many things that I would not believe where I am right now and that goes the same for everybody Believe in yourself. You can literally make anything happen. You can create the life that you want. You can create the power, the, the love that you want and the world that you want and the reality that you want. You can do it all. You just have to believe in yourself. So my invitation to you today is keep yourself accountable to your goals and your dreams. I don't know if that was very clear because when I get excited, I talk really fast, but there is a power inside of all of us. We have the ability to create what it is that we want. And I want that to be clear that believe in yourself and amazing things can happen. And that's it. That wraps up how to empower, create, and encourage success in your life. Step one, accept who you are. My invitation, ask yourself if you're acting out of love. Step two, Heal traces of scarcity in your mindset. My invitation is to write down the evidence of God's love in your life. 10 ways every night. Step three, believe in yourself. And my invitation is to keep yourself accountable to your goals and your dreams. They're not going to come to pass just because you want them to. You have to actively every day do something towards your goals and dreams. Keep yourself accountable. And there you have it. That is how to empower, create, and encourage success in your life. It's as ECE as one, two, three. I invite you to experiment with these steps and let me know how it goes. I want to know. Subscribe to this podcast because why not? Thank you for joining me. A truth I want to leave you with today is that you are empowered to create the life, the love, the reality, and the world that you want. I believe in you. Oh, thank you.